You ready? I know you're in a hot seat. Don't worry. You get it. Our scripture today is taken from Ephesians 6 4. It does read Fathers, do not anchor your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the law. This is the reading of the law. Thank you, Andrew. And uh, I think I, I should be off here. Can you hear me okay? Good? All right. Well, good morning, church. Uh, on behalf of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, I greet you today uh, on this Father's Day. Uh, and Brian, thank you. That was awesome, man. That really, that was, that was hit the heart. I guess I'm so mad. But uh, nonetheless, uh, I'm grateful, and I'm very grateful the men's group asked me to talk today. And, and I can tell you, in, in preparations for today's message, I uh, went through a lot of thoughts. And, you know, what am I going to talk about? And I had a couple um, moments. And, you know, most of us know on Father's Day, if you have your father around, what a blessing that is. And Father's Day can be a little bittersweet. If your dad's or like your mother's on, on Mother's Day, it can be difficult. But there are a lot of so many beautiful things that happen in life along the way to fathers. And the summer family is no different, probably just like a lot of your family. But uh, this, this Father's Day, my first Father's Day was 1985. Or 1989, excuse me, I stand corrected. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and then my second was 1992. And, uh, and it was a beautiful blessing. And what a great time, what a thrill that was. And, uh, but I, this is the first Father's Day. I get to celebrate Father's Day as a grandfather, and uh, and uh, so it's uh, wow. You talk about having it wrapped around her pinky finger. My son and, and uh, daughter-in-law had a beautiful baby girl last August, and we are in love with that child. Blessing from God. So, but uh, nonetheless, in, in preparation, I had uh, thought about some things about you know, fatherhood and my experience as a father. I had a couple of epiphanies, if you will, or realizations along the way in preparation. And literally, guys, I thought, uh, and this is the truth, and any, any fathers can agree with this, this is one truth that's undeniable, that if it wasn't for Mother's Day, there'd be no Father's Day, right? <laughs> I saw Mom's job, I can't do it, okay? There's no way. I could ever do that. You're talking about an ex-college linebacker here. So I played football, and I've seen that what she went through, and it wasn't, it's not possible, not physically possible. So the next epiphany I had, and, and you guys, you fathers would appreciate this, I'm grateful to God that I married a Christian woman. you never seen the love of a mother until you've seen a Christian woman love her children. So beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. But that being said, when uh, I began preparations for this, I, I, I didn't know, you know, first of all, I, I, Ron told me I had to wear a flower shirt today, and I don't have any f flower shirts in my inventory. I think the last time I wore a flowered shirt, Ron, was to this, the homecoming dance my senior year in high school in 1976. <laughs> so it's out of inventory these days, but uh, nonetheless, this is a beach shirt, okay? Um, I am... Uh, yeah, I worked at the Carolina Beach last, last, last month, so it is legitimately a beach shirt. But anyhow, but I was contemplating what I could talk about in this Father's Day service. And I, 
uh, and I prayed about it. God touched on my heart. You know, what's wrong with talking about what a Christian father looks like? And now uh, we don't hear a bunch about that, and but there's God has a lot to say about it in in the Scripture. And I uh, I can tell you what I did. I put together some pieces of Scripture uh, and to talk about that. But I know when my kids were born, I had a lot of advice from my parents and friends and acquaintances and in-laws and outlaws and everyone else. And they kept telling me, you know, uh, these babies, they don't come with an owner's manual, you know. They don't have an operator's manual when they're born, okay. You just got to kind of wing it and ask mom and dad to help along the way. And uh, I found out to be that that was partially true. And as Andy Griffith used to say, you know, I, I can prove it because it's right here in this thing called the Bible. There's so much scripture available to guide us. And, and how to be a father, and for that matter, a mother too, okay? And what I did, did uh, put together a little compilation of uh, some uh, of the scripture that exists, if I can. Uh, Tara, if you can forward that, please, I'd appreciate it. What does the Bible have to say about it, first and foremost, before we get into what a, a Christian father looks like? And we've read some of this today already. It talks about the scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, teaching. Life's all about lessons, isn't it? And from your child, we play a huge role in teaching our children right from wrong. And how do we do that? Well, we have an obligation to bring them up in God's word, bringing them to church, bringing them to Sunday school, knowing who God is. That's part of our responsibility as men and, and mothers as well, okay? And uh, next it talks about it. You just talked about it here. Fathers, do not anger your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Ephesians 6, 4. Do not anger your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and the instruction. Again, immerse them in God's word. Read to them, you know, Bible lessons. Have them in Sunday school. Uh, don't provoke those, your children, but bring them up as God would have you in a very even-tempered in, uh, in a uh, loving way. Terry? Also, what else is some other comments? And again, this is only scratching the surface on what is, what God says about parenting. But every man must be swift about hearing and slow to anger. Hey, be a good listener, Dad. Be a good listener. Hear what your children have to say and what, where their heart is. And I'm going to do this. I can put this on the collar here, you know. But, uh, but uh, I'm talking from the heart, so I'm obviously going from... Uh, but nonetheless, train your child in the way he should go, and when he is older, he will not turn from it. We just had it. We heard that scripture a few moments ago. How true that is. And as we grow our children in, in, in their Christian faith, knowing who God is, knowing what, you know, how, how do we access eternal life through Jesus, okay, and through God, we access it through Jesus, that forgiveness of sin. They've got to know this. And again, as they get older, they may get distracted. But they'll turn back to that in, in their lifetime sometime, maybe as a parent. I was like that. I mean, I went through, I mean, at one point in time in my life, I was chasing every shiny object you could, you could throw at me, you know. I grew up in the church. I kind of you know, went to college, and I kind of got into a, away from that. And uh, I was blessed to be able to marry a Christian woman, and uh, God brought me back to where I needed to be. So that's all true. So just some things that, that uh, what the Bible says about, raising your children. And believe me, there's so much more. We just It's just a thumbnail sketch of what's in there. We could spend an entire sermon series 
uh, on, on what God has to say about parenting, both from a father's perspective and a, a mother's perspective. It's in there. But uh, anyhow, getting back to the theme of my, my talk, I, uh, I did some research online, and I... Uh, and, and there, was, there was a number of websites you can go to. to what, I was researching, what's God say about fatherhood? What's, what's, you know, where am I supposed to be in this journey as a father? And there was a lot of different thought, thoughts that existed on different websites. These are Christian websites. But there seemed to be a consensus. It's, I don't know, about four or five different areas. And there's some commonality, if you will, between all these perspectives. And I try to encapsulate these in my presentation here this morning. When I found out a man takes time for his family, a Christian man takes time for his family. Now, when I was reading this, a thought came back to me about a 1970s pop hit, actually from 1973, a song by Harry Chapin. It was called Cats in the Cradle. And... Uh, <clears throat> If you read, if you listen, if you read this, all, each stanza in there, it talks about the basic gist of this is he, this father has a young son, and the young son is pleading for his father's attention. And the father didn't have time because he was chasing his business, chasing a buck, instead of putting the priorities on his son. Matter of fact, there's some symbolism or euphemism, whatever you want to call it, in that first stanza, uh, you know, in, in the title. Cats in the Cradle actually represented the young son. And the silver spoon represented the dollar, the almighty dollar, chasing almighty dollar. You'll hear that theme throughout the song. Cats in the cradle, the silver spoon, little boy blue on the man on the moon. When you're coming home, Dad, I don't know when, but we'll get together then, Dad. What a tragedy. And if you go down through each stanza in that song, the very last stanza, the father realizes he had gotten older and retired, had time on his hands, and wanted to spend some time with his son called him up and said, hey, let's get together and do something. Well, kids got the flu and business is crazy. Dad, I don't have time. Sure, nice talking to you. Loss, huge loss. Now, it's a contemporary song, but it does teach us a lesson about where our priorities should be as fathers and mothers. Yes, we do have to work. We have to generate an income to provide for our family. But we also have to keep that in perspective and make sure you prioritize your family as God would have us do. Remember, your child is a blessing from God Almighty, and we have an obligation to raise him as he would have us raise that child. And by ignoring that responsibility, it doesn't get, the, doesn't get it done as a parent. We certainly don't live up to God's will. You know, my dad used to say when I was a kid, and, uh, actually, when I became a father, that was a kid, a long, long time ago, my dad told me something that struck me, and it still sticks with me to this day. He said, son, he said, your kids are going to get your attention. The question is this, are you going to give it to them, or are they going to take it from you? Wow. As a father, that hit me right between the eyes. I knew where my priorities had to be. And it was a godly thing that he was conveying to me through my earthly father. I appreciate that. He told me that after my son was born, again, after my daughter was born. And uh, I never forgot that. And like most of you fathers, we take time to be with our sons. Yeah, we got to go to work Monday through Friday or you know, Wednesday through Sunday, whatever it may be. But we want to make sure we take that time, take them fishing, take them hunting, 
go to your, your daughter's choir, you know, concert, choir practice, whatever it may be, the softball game, the football game, be there for your children. Don't make the mistake of that gentleman in Cats in the Cradle, the mistake that he had made. Now, give loving and compassionate discipline and commendation. Um, you all know about discipline. I think probably we were all disciplined at one point in time in our youth, okay? Uh, I know I had a father that was very strict. <laughs> Rich, I like the story about you. When you got in trouble, your dad used to make you go out to the, the backyard and take a branch, make a switch. The, yeah, you know, we all went there one or, once or twice. And yeah, that is a form of discipline, no doubt. And there's all kinds of forms of, of discipline we can engage in to teach our children lessons, timeouts, and, you know, and um, you know, grounding, whatever it might be. But it's forms of discipline, and that's a parental obligation for your, you know, spare the rod for the child. I don't know if the rod isn't necessarily corporal punishment. It's just the fact that you need the discipline. And as a father, I understand this too. I found out that there's other forms of discipline. Um, teaching lessons about life. I can recall as a kid in the late 60s, and my, yeah, we, my buddies and I would always go to the pool, Jonathan. In Ohio, it was still warm enough to swim up here, so in the summertime. So, But uh, I used to go to the uh, pool, and we'd always take some money with us. And you get a hot dog or a bag of chips, a little pop or something, maybe midway through the afternoon because we're burning up a lot of energy, right? And I go to my dad and say, Dad, can I borrow a buck? He said, go cut the grass. Go cut the grass? I don't have time for that, Dad. Well, I did have time for it. <laughs> Guess what? I was out there chasing a, a lawnmower around for a buck, and I, I learned to spend that money wisely at the back of it. But that is a form of discipline. We as fathers need to administer into our children and teach them those valuable lessons in life and uh, the godly perspective on money and how important it is to be smart with your money. So we can, Terry. Next is uh, number three, loves and respects their wives. Men, I think, you know, God brought that woman into your life for a reason, because he wanted her there. It's our obligation to make sure we love them and care for them. And from a father's perspective, um, they gotta, your children need to know that dad loves mom. And, and that, we set the example. Again, some fatherly advice I received from my dad when I became a father. He said, he told me, he said, son, if you really love your kids, you want to do right by your children? Love their mother. Love their mother. Man, there's just not enough of that today. It really isn't, you know? Like godly advice. You stood in the church like this, and you promised God, your family and her family and your friends that we're going to love this person forever. Don't hesitate to do that. It's God's intention for us. And uh, very important. I can recall when my kids were younger, 1989-1992 it's like back to the future I'm thinking Michael J Fox here or something you know but um, I can recall and when, when the kids were around I'd grab Debbie's hand and give her a hug and maybe a little smooch on the lips and I could still hear my kids going dad <laughs> don't kiss mom you know try to get between you you know y'all went through that you know what I'm talking about right that's just another way of letting your kids know that Dad loves mom, mom loves dad. What peace that brings to a household 
and only a peace that God can bring into your home. What a beautiful thing. And uh, I, I remember that finally it was a great, uh, great time of our lives. And we had a lot of fun doing it too, believe me. <laughs> Anyhow, last is prayerful and applies God's wisdom in all family matters. Men, I'm telling you, our children need to see us with our nose in the Bible, reading scripture and, and learning and communicating and talking to our kids about God's will for their life, understanding who Christ is and that, that saving grace of Jesus Christ the amazing grace that we've been bestowed upon us as believers. Your children need to see you on your knees praying. It's so important. They know that you have a relationship with God. You have a relationship with God. And guess what? They, uh, your children emulate a lot of what you do. And that's how that was the beginning of faith for your children, to see mom and dad doing that, those things specifically. You can raise your children up in that kind of environment, in a home that loving God, just as you love your children and your parents, learn to love God and love like they love their parents. So important. So important. But uh, anyhow, I'd like to leave you with this. Uh, I was had a, in my devotionals a couple weeks ago. There was a, a d daily devotional about uh, uh, David and, and Solomon. And it was in David's dying days. Uh, and he gave a charge to Solomon uh, to uh, live a godly life, rule in a godly manner. Now, I think Solomon probably had a little bit of a checkered success there, I guess, here and there. But nonetheless, David charged him with this specifically. He said, Solomon, be courageous. Be a man. That was God talking to Solomon through David. And that, that's our charge, men. Be courageous. In a day when it's easy to back down and tuck tail and run, we need to stand in the gap for God, for our families, and for the Christian way of life. It's easy to back down. I guess maybe another way of looking at it, God ain't looking for beta males. He needs alpha males. He loves all, don't get me wrong. But he needs men to stand in that gap for their wives and their children and to assure that their homes are peaceful and loving, and they learn about God, godly principles in their lives. So that's just so important. I, I thought that's pretty cool. It applies to us as well, men and fathers. Be courageous. Be a man. Be a man in, with your home, at work. Stand up for what you believe in and teach your kids the correct way to be and, and teach them about faith and bring them up in faith. So uh, that's... Uh, just a little bit of a, of a men's group perspective here today, but I would like to take a moment, if I could, before I conclude, uh, by uh, taking a moment. I know, Jonathan, this is your next to last Sunday with us, and uh, it's probably we started this long goodbye, uh, and it's unfortunate that we have to say goodbye, but I wanted to take a moment on behalf of Debbie and I, and I know I speak on behalf of the church. Thank you for all that you've done for our church. I know we'll have a formal goodbye next week, but you came and believe me, you were here for a reason. God put you here. And, uh, and there was times that we could never foresee when you first got here, the pandemic. One of the most heartbreaking things I saw, but it was obviously I was appreciative, was during the COVID pandemic when things were closed, schools were closed, churches were closed. It was Pastor Jonathan up here preaching to an empty church. And Terry was here. 
I think maybe Courtney was here, Brian, whoever. That was about all we had. And it was beautiful that we were able to do that. We were very thankful and grateful. But we wanted to be here as a church. And, and uh, you stood in that gap, Jonathan, and made it happen. So God bless you and thank you so much. That was very, very meaningful. So uh, we're going to miss you. You'll always have a home here, you and your family, your wife and kids. We're going to miss those children. My goodness, seeing them run through the church. But So on behalf of the men's group, thank you very much. Okay, if we could please, just take a moment in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, God, thank you for this beautiful day you've given us. Thank you for the blessings of fatherhood and motherhood, the blessings that children bring, God. We pray for all our children, our grandchildren today, and may our lives glorify you uh, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, God. And uh, may that always be in Jesus' name. Amen.